everybody. This is uh, Jay Carter with Jay Carter's podcast, aka Experiment. Um, what was I gonna? I was gonna talk about a few things I haven't been on for a little bit. I had a little birthday, so I was hanging out, having some drinks with friends and or acquaintances and whoever else. Uh, I was recently told that I, I should watch what I say because it might be viewed negatively. I should not say things negatively, but uh, my answer to that is, FU is my podcast, and I'll say what I want, when I want, and how I want. If you don't like it, you don't have to follow the amendment of the United States of America, and you don't have to follow the free speech that we have, or just don't listen. It's pretty simple. So I was told to be careful not to mess with people across paths, but um, I think if I can handle dealing with the FBI or any other agency, I, I can handle a person. And uh, that person thinks they're going to be totalitarian and tell me how to run my life or how to run my podcast. They have another thing coming. It's really silly. Really adolescent. Anyway, uh, so on to wine. Um, I've noticed uh, recently... Uh, uh, where do I start with this? Uh, boy. So I know these places um, serve wines and uh, their own businesses, but it's funny how they won't, uh, it's interesting when people believe they know everything because they're smart, and I know some people that are very smart, but because they're so smart, they're not willing to take any advice, right or wrong, because it's not, they don't believe they can do what they want to do or how they want it done, and so they won't listen to good advice when they hear it. I seem to be running into that lately. It doesn't matter what my education level is, doesn't matter what my experience level is, because it comes from me that the people don't want to listen. And I've realized that unless people really pay for your advice, um, it's not worth even giving anymore, um, because it's taken with a grain of salt and not appreciated as much as people that actually pay you for that advice. So that's just a note to all those people out there that ask for advice or uncertain times um, and they listen sometimes and then they kind of pick and choose through what they want um, and it's uh, I know this guy who claims he's a life coach but I don't know how I wonder how that works unless you're Tony Robbins I mean do people really listen to life coaches and what's the what's the uh, education behind that person their you know, psychological background or, or psychology type degrees or, or how they their philosophical degree maybe um, which is what mine's in but uh, I always wonder what, what their their level of education is are, are out there um, coaching people I'm going to stick to being a wine coach my job is to basically coach you through the different wines of the world, not just California like so many people are doing, and not just France because it's French and it sounds cool. Um, all the wines and trying to get you to try different wines is one of the biggest, biggest things I can, I can suggest to people is getting out there and um, I was just talking with someone last night about night training of all things, which is... I don't even know how much nitrogen is anymore. I know that when my grandfather had a liquor store, we sold it for like 99 cents or 79 cents, something silly. And a lot of you know, 
homeless used to come in and buy it. Um, that was their shelter, I guess, for the night. Um, <clears throat> but you guys really should get out there and just try different wines and bridge it with some, some decent food. It doesn't have to be amazing, uh, crazy priced wine. I've said this, I don't know how many times, I'm going to keep saying it until someone gets it. It could be a $9 wine. It could be a $5.99 wine. Try it with some food. And it doesn't have to be all crazy and some fancy. It could be anywhere. It could be, um, you know, In-N-Out Burger. I, I love using In-N-Out as a reference. In-N-Out Burger and a such and such or a so-and-so. And try one white with it. And try one red with it. And try it a couple times. Pair it. Just don't just speak and go, oh, that's terrible. You, know, you gotta, you gotta keep trying it. I'll be back right after this break, as my recording is telling me. Hey everybody, this is Jay. I'm back from my break, and uh, we're commercial free right now, so that's the good thing. Only, I think, before the podcast, you hear anything. We're still on episode ten, and uh, still talking about the wine, still talking about the um, the pairing. The bridging of like the In-N-Out Burger and trying a white and or a red or both. Um, it's it's really simple. Something that everyone should do. Um, you don't have to spend a lot of money to do it, and you should start with some simple stuff. You still gotta get your palate used to different things. And uh, what were we using last night? I was talking about race because um, no one was understanding. One one guy said, "Oh, I love Cabernet Sauvignons. I love those. I don't like I don't like Syrahs. I don't like this. I don't like that." And so I said, well, it's, it's a lot like race. And typically, when you think of white people, per se, you could think of people that are from England. But then you got people from the Caucasus Mountains. You have Italians, which are still of Latin descent. But for the most part, people would say white or Latin. Then you got people from Norway. You got people from America. You got people from all over the place. Everyone's, you know, all those people are technically white. But different, you know, even Spaniards who speak Spanish aren't Mexicans. Usually tend to have pale skin, darker hair, but sometimes blonde and hair, blue-eyed, of course, before someone gets all upset, the PC police come after me and decide to tell their boyfriend to tell me that that's wrong. So um, the, the thing is, is there's different types of white people that come from different backgrounds and that can eat the complete separate different food. I have a friend who's, who's uh, Romanian and uh, I went to his house for Christmas one year, uh, invited me over for Christmas dinner, and uh, you know I thought we we're going to do the typical turkey or you know something, and, and it was a bunch of uh, sausages. I guess is the only answer I have for these giant sausages, like six different kinds, seven different kinds of these large sausages, and they had it with sauerkraut and a, a few other things, and completely different from what I've ever had. It was delicious. Don't get me wrong. It was it was great. But here we are looking at a white guy, uh, but their food is not nothing like what I would be used to for Christmas. And uh, the language, his home language, is nothing like it. So my point is, just like race, or even black people, if you look at black people even from Africa, whether it's South African, Kenyan, Congolese, Senegal, uh, you have all these different pigments, different colors, different languages, different ways, uh, different hairstyles, and... and, and I don't know the name, I can't remember the name of the people that have like a little bit of the longer type neck and they jump to see um, for warfare, I believe, back in the day. But anyways, whether you're talking black, white, or even Asians or, you know, different 
So most, I guess most people, Asians all look the same, but of course, complete separate languages, complete separate ways, complete separate things. Yes, I'm talking about race as usual, <laughs> but you gotta remember, same thing happens with Cabernet Sauvignon. Not all Cabernet, Sauvign Cabernet Sauvignons are the same. It might be the same grape, but it's grown in so many different regions. It does so many different tastes because of it. Uh, so many different altitudes and and um, soils and and the if it's arid or, or just hot and sunny and beat down upon, does it have a cool breeze? You know, and there's these microclimates even within Napa Valley itself that I know about in Sonoma, of course. Um, even in in, in California itself, just in one little county, you can have all these different tastes, and it, and it could be because of the climate, it could be because of soil, water, lack thereof, the winemaker themselves, the, the vessel that the wine is put in, uh, be it wood, stainless steel, you know, a plastic, a glass, I'm hearing about uh, glass line barrels now, I mean, it could be in so many, a carboy, you know, there's so many different ways to do a, a single kind of grape, a Cabernet Sauvignon, so it's good that people say I like Cabernet Sauvignon, but they're completely different every single time. And you really just gotta try just a whole bunch of them, constantly trying new things, drinking these new, 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 you know, these new wines and finding the different nuances. Uh, last night I tried uh, uh, another uh, rosé, which I'm gonna get to on the break. Um, we have a French one and a uh, one from Paso Robles that I like. I believe it's Paso Robles. I'm gonna look at that in a second. And uh, I'll tell you about that and, and revisiting these different wines that I've already had before and I've had, I don't know, probably 10 times and, um, and I'll get back to that in just a brief second. Okay everyone, so I'm back from my break and on to the uh, rosé I was talking about. It's a, uh, it's a Curran from uh, Santa Barbara County and um, I just, I love the fruit. It's, a, it's actually a Grenache rosé. I knew, you know, the location that I'm at, one of the locations that I'm at, um, they had it and they switched to a, uh, a French one, which is still good. It was probably cheaper. I have no idea. They didn't ask and I haven't, I, I haven't uh, been too lazy to even check, to be quite honest. And, uh, but the taste, it was okay. Um, there was nothing wrong with the French rosé. It was just, it was okay. There was no body to it. It didn't have any depth to it. The, the mouthfeel was good. It, it wasn't too mineralized. It wasn't, you know, uh, didn't have that earthy type tone that I might have expected or, or that old type grapeviney taste I would have expected out of a French wine. It was good. It just lacked, uh, it just lacked any, any uh, um, gosh, what is the word I'm looking for? Uh, personality, I guess. It was lacking a personality. It would be good with a simple salad. I mean, I would drink it with a, if I was making a home salad with some ranch dressing and uh, put some cheese and ham in it. It was okay, it was decent. Nothing wrong with it. Um, nothing to complain about it. However, the Grenache Rosé really has a body to it. Really has a good mouthfeel. Nice and smooth, no tannins, no dryness. Um, fruity on the nose, fruity in the mouth. Uh, a little bit longer of a, 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 of a uh, taste, um, not too intense, uh, and it, it it just it it had a nice citrusy, what I would call summertime drink to it. The other one was good, like I said, but 
this one is a lot better. I'd almost like to do a tasting with side-by-sides and let people try it with their food and, and see what they're going to like. They might like the blander one. I just like the Grenache Rosé because it almost tastes like you would put even some 7-Up in there for a spritzer. God forbid you do that, but I'm just saying it would not taste bad. Uh, it, it's just uh, simple. I, I could eat that one. I could, I could drink that one with some barbecued ribs because you got this you know, spicy barbecue, even if you do it the uh, southern style, whether it's the dry rub or you did the uh, sauces, it still had enough body to it and enough, it, it could stand up to something like a barbecued rib and or a, um, a, just a roast beef sandwich or something like that or a cheesesteak or a, again a crab salad, um, it would go well with that, a lobster sandwich. I mean, it, it, would, it just goes really well. It's, it's well balanced and it can hold its own. Don't have to go to the Pinot. I might even actually enjoy that more with salmon than I would a Pinot Noir, which I can't stand the basic Pinot Noir with salmon. I don't know why. I just can't. Just I like to change things up and uh, do something different than the norm. Um, I still think you could do a dry Riesling or a Sauvignon Blanc with a salmon and it's going to come out pretty well. Most of the time, I'm generalizing again because all Sauvignon Blancs are different, but something like what we do have is like a Ladera, um, which is Napa Valley Sauvignon Blanc, not, you know, it's a, what, medium straw, straw light in color, um, nice mouthy feel, ni nice feel in the mouth, uh, not dry again, but it could, it could hold up and, and kind of bridge well with the salmon that we, uh, one of the salmons that we have, I'm thinking of the blackened salmon myself. But that's just what I think, you know, I'm just, I'm, it's my hypothesis, it's my educated guess, is what I'm, what I'm saying. So anyway, uh, that's, that's it for today, I think. We're going to just talk about those rosés, um, hopefully get people out there trying different things. And if you have any questions or comments, you can comment now on, on uh, this podcast, whether you do it through iTunes or you do it through Anchor FM, or some of you are listening on Google uh, Play. So I appreciate all the listeners we do have, all, all two of you. I'm just kidding. We're getting more and more people, and I'm, I'm glad, happy about that. But give me some more subject matter that you want to hear about and talk about when it comes to wine and, and, or, and or cigars. I love talking about cigars and smoking them. Um, but anything else that you guys want to talk about, please message me or, or call in, and, and we'll talk about it. Um, I'd love to uh, get your viewpoint on, on different wines that you think go well and pair well with things, besides just the basic white with fish, red with beef, Yay, amazing. That's the smartest, best thing I've ever heard all day long. But anyways, tell me some different combos you've tried, and, and I'll try them out and see what I think too. Take care. See ya.